Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me Welcome so back to the program, Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, the really real deal. And uh, and folks, as promised, uh, we have a really real deal Big Dog guest who has taken time out of her busy schedule to join us today. We have with us Dr. Grace Marie Turner, and Dr. Turner is... Uh, founder and president of the Galen Institute. And uh, the Galen Institute is a healthcare think tank that Dr. Turner founded in 1993. Uh, and what it is, uh, it's named after the ancient Greek physician Galen, who, uh, along with Hippocrates, were these two men were really the uh, the most influential healthcare figures, uh, Hippocrates uh, of the Hippocratic Oath, okay, which is an oath that doctors no longer take, by the way, and uh, and I verified that because I looked it up and I read it, and I know no, they're not taking that oath. But anyway, uh, Dr. Turner, thank you so much, ma'am, and welcome to our program. Brother Craig, it's a pleasure to be with you, and I, I wish I were a physician, but I'm not. I'm a policy person, and so I, I, I appreciate the respect of the term doctor, but just call me Grace Marie. Okay, Grace Marie, and uh, and you know, and I, that's such a beautiful name, Grace Marie. I love that, and uh, and the work you do, ma'am, it's just, it's really, really, um, it's you're really doing the Lord's work because this gets right to the issue of. Freedom, does it not? I mean, and, I'll, and I'm founder and president of the First Amendment, Inc., and one of the things in the First Amendment that people don't realize, ma'am, is that uh, we have the God-given right, not the founding fathers' given right, but the God-given right to do business with anyone that we choose, to include our own doctor as opposed to a government-appointed doctor. And to be able to choose our health plans, and and people understand that they understand the importance and the 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 primacy of being able to have control over your own health care and your own health care decisions, your health care spending. There's so many ways in which individual freedom is being violated by the encroaching state control over health care, and we all know when. Anybody, any family has a health crisis, everything else is subordinated to that. Yes. That the health care issues come first. They're kind of in the background when everybody's healthy and doing well, Mm -hmm. but we know that's really the most important freedom is to be able to, maybe not the most religious freedom of the Second Amendment. Yeah, but when you're sick, it's the most important one. You've got to be able to make your own choices, and we are all being railroaded into these health plans that are so expensive. I talk to people who are having to work second jobs just to pay their health insurance premiums, Mm -hmm. and then they say, 
even if I, I have health insurance, but I can't afford the deductible, so I can't use it. I mean, what? And they're, they're having to make huge sacrifices in their lives yeah. because of the cost of health care and what the government has done to restrict choices and to restrict the kinds of freedom that we, you're exactly right, that's a really a God-given right. Yeah, yeah. And I know in my own personal household, our uh, deductibles tripled, okay, oh, once God. Obama got his hands on things. and. And see, the thing that's, that angers me is the inability of people to articulate with clarity and with passion what is really going on. And we cede the holy ground to the opposition by giving them the integrity of their intentions when the very founder of universal health care was a man named Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, who, and he did not say, Universal health care is what I want to do because I love my fellow countrymen. His quote was, the keystone to the archway of socialism is universal health care. And the purpose of socialism is communism. So, Grace, Lenin, the founder of universal health care, seemed to see health care as a piece of cheese in a mousetrap, whereas... What Republicans seem to defend is that, oh, it's just free cheese. And so you you can't take free cheese from people. But every mouse that ever took free cheese out of a trap died. There actually is a a wonderful quote by a um, Pulitzer Prize-winning academic named Paul Starr in a book called The Social Transformation of American Medicine. And he said that politicians since Bismarck in the 19th century in Germany, politicians since Bismarck mm-hmm. have used insurance against the cost of sickness as a means of turning benevolence into political power. Yes. That's really what it's about. If they control one-sixth of the economy, if they control something as vital as health care, they have control over our lives. And I right. think there's, that has to be a big part of the agenda. Many of them are, you know, they think they're doing the right thing. They think health care is too important. It's too complex. Smart people have to make these decisions for us. But the American people don't think that. They yeah. want the same kind of choices in health care that they have in other sectors of the economy. And the market will organize itself to provide them better, more affordable choices if we will let it. Right. Now, would you say would you say they think, okay, one of the things, I, I, I try not to say what other people think. I say what, I show what they say, what they do, and what the effects of that are. And the effects are, you've just described the effects of, um, you know, cost, people having to work two and three jobs just to have health care. Everyone's, the cost of everything went up. Obama said it would go down by $2,500, but instead, for most people, it at least doubled and in many cases tripled and quadrupled. In my case, it tripled, okay? So I'm not a mind reader, but and I'm sure that there are some people that fit what you just described, that they think they're doing the right thing. But is it also possible that there are also people in public policy today that realize what they're doing is that they are trapping people and that they're doing this for evil and, and they're calling it good. 
Is well, that is that possible? It is possible. But the people that I talk to, and I, I work a lot with people on both sides of the aisle in the policy and political worlds, and, and I think most of them really do think that they're they're doing the right thing. There may be some people who have more more demonic ends in mind, but but the problem is that they think not only are they smarter than all the rest of us, but the way to fix it is more government control. And we're saying, no, what we've got to do is, is get the wash get Washington out of micromanaging our health care system. Return power and authority to the states, which actually know what they're doing in regulating our health insurance markets, and ultimately so that they can return power to to individuals and their families. But but thinking the federal government that created this mess is going to fix it is lunacy. Yeah, and here, right here in Virginia, there's a, a debate going on over Medicaid expansion, which yes. is, you know, it's, it, it's the same old story. Uh, and you have, of course, all the Democrats are in favor and some of the Republicans are in favor. So, as always, there is a fight within the Republican Party and with, within the Democrat Party, there's unanimity on this idea that you and I are not free and that we're, we're really serfs or wards of the state or people, we're too incompetent. Uh, and so we need them to take care of us. And, and I just say that, you know, really these people, they're, they're wanting to be our slave masters. It's no different from... 150 years ago, the Democrat Party was the party of slavery. And from my perspective, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, I just want your comment on it. But from my perspective, today, they also want to be the party of of slavery with them as masters and you and I as kind of semi-free, but but serfs nonetheless, without any real power to control uh, our lives, even to the longevity of our lives. Am, am I overstating my case? Well, uh, certainly when you look at the results of their programs, people really are often confined to poverty because you have all these cliffs. If somebody makes an additional dollar of income, they can lose Medicaid benefits, they can lose all sorts of other benefits that can cost them thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. It traps people into poverty. And one of the things that Republicans are trying to do is make it easier for people to keep their Medicaid benefits while they still go to work. And that's this whole Medicaid wealth, Medicaid to work thing is a way of helping people get their foot on the ladder so that they can begin to have better lives with more dignity. Medicaid Medicaid is really a ghetto of a program. It confines people to having to go to hospital emergency rooms to just get routine care because states pay physicians, in most cases, so little that few physicians can afford to take very many Medicaid patients. And otherwise, they go to Medicaid mills. This is sub standard care. They should have the same dignity, the same opportunity to be able to choose health insurance plans that suit them as everybody else should have. We Medicaid is is just I've served on the Medicaid Commission and yes there are many people who rely on this program, but they don't know anything else. They don't know that right. it could be better if they had more choice and people were competing for their business. Well what what is more compassionate? Uh, because, you know, I think this this issue is in the end run is going to be won on 
you know, there's this old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes, that's so true. And, and see, and Democrats have the image that they care, and Republicans have the image that they don't care. And so Republicans are very, very eager to prove them wrong. And you can, and it's, you can never prove a falsehood. You, you just a negative. You cannot prove a negative. Right. You just it's so you're never going to accomplish that. So they're always on defense, and so it's always me tooism. And all, you know, I'm not against the poor. Me too. I want to help the poor. But who really helps the poor? Those who make it easy for you to stay on the dole of those who empower you to no longer be in need mm-hmm. of that type of help. And and what do you think about about members of the Black Caucus who sat and did not applaud when President Trump announced during his State of the Union address that black unemployment is at its lowest rate in, in history? Well, it's and they didn't applaud that. It well, just you, makes you think, what does that mean? I can tell you what it means now. You might blush at this, and I would not expect you to repeat this. <laughs> but but I call these people poverty pimp Negro politicians. That's, that's just, and in my mind, that is what they are. They benefit when people are poor and in need of the government to help them pay health care, pay for food, pay for housing pay for their education, uh, what have you, then the people that are in charge of the unfair confiscation of tax dollars and the um, debt burden on our grandchildren when public debt is issued to pay for these things, Mm -hmm. and then they redistribute that money with with 70% of it going to the managers of poverty and 30% of it going to the, the people in poverty that uh, that that need that need help, you know, and why do they need help, uh, Grace Marie? Because the Democrat-run education system, the Democrat-run um, plantation, has left them. They now they're in they're in a they're in adulthood have spent their entire life as Democrats cared for by Democrats, and they're still poor. I mean, so am I. I, well, it's I don't really have to ask you, but I think that I'm justified in calling them poverty pimps because they benefit when people are poor, uneducated, afraid, and desperate. They they you, benefit. You see, in the in the British national health insurance system that has been in effect since after World War II. I think it started in 1948. You know, it's a single-payer, government-run health insurance system, where, by the way, if you had surgery scheduled in January or February that was elective, it has been canceled because they basically said, we can't handle anything except, uh, except emergency surgeries. But people have nowhere else to go. They say they love the British national health insurance system, Hmm. and they wonder why the rest of the world doesn't emulate them, but they don't know anything else. It's been two right. generations right. on this 
healthcare plantation, and they don't understand the choices, the opportunities, the efficiencies that could otherwise be created if there were more competition, there were more choice in the kinds of health insurance that people choose, the mm. kinds of care options that they may prefer. They don't know anything else, and I think that's what traps people into thinking that they will lose it all if they lose the only thing that they're being offered. Yeah. Now, to give people courage, and you're absolutely right about that. People, this is all they know, uh, and there are many Democrats that they, they don't know anything else but Democrat, and they've been told their whole lives Republicans are evil. Right. So when a guy like me comes out and I'm against Medicaid expansion, in their mind, the uninformed, I'm merely confirming what Democrats have told them about people like me, that I'm mean and I want them to die. But so I want a final question for you because we're up against the clock. I would like you to comment on the uh, article. Uh, to, this is maybe three years ago that Zeke Emanuel wrote an op-ed. Seventy-five is old enough, and, right. and 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 I'm sure you remember that people laughed at Sarah Palin when she said there were going to be death panels. Okay, and I was in the hospital one day speaking with a doctor in regards to my then uh, 86-year-old grandmother, who they told us to take literally, and I didn't hear this secondhand, they literally told us to take her home and let her die. And I'm not exaggerating. Now, my grandmother, we went and got a third opinion because we were free to do so. And my grandmother is now 98 years old. That, oh, that conversation wonderful. was 12 years ago. What a blessing that is. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I do, I do think that, you know, Zeke Emanuel, one of the major architects of Obamacare, basically said that after age 75, he's basically going to say, I'm checking out of the health care system. I'm not going to use any more health care, and I'm going to let nature, nature take, take its course. But think of all the wonderful times that your children and and you have had with your mother over the last 12 years yeah, because my grandmother did, i'm sorry your grandmother yes. because she did get the care that she needed right and it has a huge quality of life that should be our decision and family's decisions and she not does have a quality of life she's not yeah she's not barely holding on she has quality of life i didn't mean that's to great. cut you off there but i'm sorry go ahead that's great that's wonderful well well blessings to you and and blessings to all of us who are trying to um, fight for the freedom so that we can have the kinds of choices, the kind of health care system that I believe is possible, but it's not going to happen with yeah. top-down Washington control. No, it's not. We've got to yeah. move power back to the states and ultimately the individuals. Yeah. Now, uh, in regards to the article that Zeke Emanuel wrote, uh, he was 57 when he wrote that article, 75 is enough. Now, when Zeke hits age 74 and 11 months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to check in with him and see. Right. Do you, think, like do you think that article would apply to him, or was he writing that to prepare people, to mentally prepare people for this idea that once the government totally takes over health care and all these things, particularly here in Virginia, the, the, the work rules, et cetera, that a lot of Republicans are pushing, these are a toe in the sock that will eventually get to the place where the government has the power to implement Zeke Emanuel's dream. And I maintain it's not a dream for Zeke. 
it's a dream for the common man who will lack the resources to go over and above uh, what the government does. Uh, well, he was talking, he was saying he himself is... That's, yeah, that's what he said. I care, but he's, uh, he's one of the architects of Obamacare, yes. so you do have to see this is his philosophy. He's talking about end-of-life care being the most expensive care, but sometimes... At people think it may be the end of life, but like with your grandmother, exactly. she lived for another 12, 12, 12, 12 years, years and still going strong. Yes. <laughs> I it might just swing by and see her after it? the program. Right. <laughs> That's so thank, great. <laughs> thank you so much. Now, tell folks how they can, because you, 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 you survive off of um, donations and donations uh, grants and, and uh, philanthropists. Right. And so right. tell people how they can get a hold of the Galen Institute and maybe. Uh, there are folks out here that might want to, uh, you know, maybe have you come and speak to their group or, you know, they might want to open their checkbook up. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, our website is Galen, G-A-L-E-N dot org. And thank you for for talking about the, the who were named after the uh, ancient Greek physician who was um, really a father of, of modern medicine. But uh, Galen, G-A-L-E-N dot org. And we also have a website totally devoted to following the ins and outs and hopefully ultimate demise of Obamacare called ObamacareWatch.org, ObamacareWatch.org. Oh, okay. Both of those websites, uh, I think, can give people a lot of information, and also they uh, will let you know how you can contact me if you'd like to talk further and have ideas and stories to tell. I, I really would love to hear from people. Okay, great. And, and again, thank you so much. And if there's ever anything that the hatchet man can do, to help you in your mission, please don't hesitate to call. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. Okay. Blessings to you. God bless you. All Bye -bye. right. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take another quick break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we may even have time for one quick phone call before our next guest arrives. The number here, if you would like to call, 804-454-1366, 804 Six. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. 